Testing audio. Hey. Hello. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Good, good. Sorry, I, 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 I'm like I, I'm in choir mode right now because I can see my my handle on Zoom has like my voice part, and I'm like, oh, I, don't I was wondering what the TV said for. I'm just like, the TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, did he test positive for tuberculosis? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I focus group support group thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty rough if, if that's the case. But no, I'm uh, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm healthy right now, and I'm all good. So uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I sing tenor or bass in the choir depending on what. I um I do so yeah yeah <laughs> all right so are you are you good to go are you are you nice and settled in <laughs> I I think so I I've got you have water look of terror in your face for a moment there I'm always you know everyone tells me I'm a little neurotic and I I'm I'm not even going to deny that so uh, you know if you hear it's me fine. rambling it's fine you're in good company here <laughs> and frankly if you ramble that is like that is perfect for the purposes of the show because that means that I don't have to talk as much which is great. That's what I love. Um, I so love anyways, it. I say the words theme song. Hello and welcome to Hello We Don't Talk, Let's Talk, the show where I, Christopher Fah, reconnect with old friends. And today we have the, we're going to say, lovable, uh, Alan Saikonsa. Alan, <laughs> welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. I've I've seen several uh, several uh, well thumbnails on on uh, on Facebook of this, and I've clicked Perfect. on a few, and it's been interesting to see, say in the least. So uh, yeah. it's a joy to be here. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for your support, even if it is uh, as simple as noticing a thumbnail. <laughs> um, now, full disclosure, we don't sure. we we like I don't think I've ever actually really like sat and chatted with you in like back in high school. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, like as with most of my friends on Facebook, it's mostly just like an acquaintance sort of basis because of how like uh, I guess tightly knit IB and like the bands were. Yeah. Um, so it's basically just like, yeah, w- we will acknowledge each other in the hallway. We yeah. we'll hopefully like maybe know each other's names at best, and and that'll be it. Um. So as much as this is going to be a sort of reconnection, it, this is essentially just like a first meeting as far as I'm concerned. Um, but we're going to start nice and simple. That. Alan, how are you doing today? I am great. I um, I know originally, so it's funny because originally we scheduled this earlier and I uh, woke up a little late and I wasn't going to go for a bike ride and then decided to go for a run instead because um, my company has like a, a fitness challenge and you get points for doing different activities. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I have this coming up. I still want to get an activity in, but I don't want to spend three hours biking. So um, I thought I'd fit a little run in. So that's uh, that's what I did. Had a little refreshed, had a little shower and uh, I'm here. So, you know, things are fine and dandy. I mean, things are really well. I'm, I'm great. Well, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- so you're you, you said that's uh, sort of part of a uh, sort of initiative at your job. Uh, what is it that yeah. you do? Uh, I am a transportation planner, a junior transportation planner. I just started full time in uh, in February. Uh, yes. So I work for thank you uh, for a um, infrastructure engineering company, and I'm in transportation engineering. Um, so that's that's what I do. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, is that is that still KW or have you moved elsewhere? I am still at home because um, uh, it's free uh, for me at least. Good. <clears throat> Taking advantage nice. of that, right? Um, but the company is actually based in Vaughn, so in the GTA, nice. and a lot of the work is GTA based. Um, and you know, I have to say, working from home has been awesome. I have loved 
a lot of working from home. There are some gripes, but mm-hmm. I think working from home has so many benefits that outweigh, um, <laughs> you know, commuting. If I had to commute to Vaughn yeah, every day, bonkers. yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, um, uh, it, I've saved a lot of money in that sense. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, I, everything's just been changed because of the pandemic, of course. And, um, it's it's great to still be able to have i'm very fortunate i will say like to to find a full-time job and and be working in the midst of a time when a lot of people are, are struggling so um i'm very thankful for that um and to you know have a safe place to be so yeah beautiful um yeah. so i haven't actually like seen you since high school no <laughs> and not knowing much about you then like how would you say uh, actually, we're going we're gonna to start something more simple. Sure. <laughs> uh, what has your life been like in the sort of intervening decade? Yeah, it's it's weird to say that it's been a decade since high school because um, it really has been right. Because um, right, 2011, I would have been I was elected co chief then with uh, Andrea, and nice. um, it was it's been 10 years since that, right? I think things have pretty much stayed pretty much the same I, I think if you and maybe this is biased because these are the people i know from high school but i still stay in touch with folks and people would say that like nothing has changed about me since high school i think i, I matured really early so i'm like you know the person i was in high school was is exactly the same person you're gonna see <laughs> now except maybe a little more jaded to the world oh, nice. um, <laughs> welcome, well, welcome to the jaded shift yeah yeah it's uh it's it's the way life goes mm-hmm. uh but you know, you know, things have been great and I, I, I'm just, I'm moving on up, up in the world. And it's weird to say that, you know, I haven't changed that much, but I guess that's just the way things are. Yep. So, <laughs> um, so like out of high school, uh, where did, where did life end up taking you? Uh, I ended up at the University of Waterloo. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so of course our, our, our good hometown, uh, one of our good hometown uh, post-secondary institutions. We'll call um, it the good post-secondary. I don't want to mince my words or, or uh, mince everybody's, um, um, you know, opinions and stuff, but you know, it's, um, I actually took a fifth year of high school. I took um, a victory lap, uh, but only for half um, the year. So one semester. Um, and that was a chance for me to, you know, contribute back to the music community at Cameron since I was really involved there mm-hmm. um, with that. And even since that time, I was connected in volunteering with the music department um, throughout these past 10-ish, 9-ish, eight, whatever, wow. however many years. Um, and that's always been a source of joy uh, for me. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, going back to university, I did my undergrad in geological engineering, um, which is one of the smallest, if not the smallest programs uh, there. But it was great because, um, you know, it's a very small class and we were a very tight knit group. And I don't think you have that with love cohorts at the University of Waterloo for larger classes, especially, um, you know, the engineering system, it works by um, you have, you know, a large group of people that move up together and take all the same core courses. And then you have electives and stuff you can choose, but you're kind of with these, this group throughout the entirety of university, which is nice. Um, and after that, I, um, completed a master's in civil engineering and transportation engineering since I wanted to do a little pivot to um, what I'm doing now as a full-time job. Uh, and that was really great. It was an opportunity to you know, further my learning in that sense. And um, here we are today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so like coming out of that victory lap, like, like, did you have a sort of clear path 
that you had thought of when you were applying to university or was just kind of like fake, just picking something at random, hoping that sticks and then, and then pivoting from there. Yeah, it's definitely the latter. <laughs> I, you know, I remember <clears throat> I was like in, in, and was it grade 11 you apply or grade 12, whatever, whatever it was. Um, you're like, Oh, you get three free university applications. All right. I'm going to apply to these three programs because I'm interested in them right now. I was like, okay, geological engineering. Cause I like rocks, but when you apply to engineering, you can apply, um, you can pick three disciplines that you are interested in. So I had civil, chemical, and geological, mm-hmm. um, and I got into geological. So I took it, um, but I also applied for medicinal chemistry um, because of IB chemistry. Um, they, so I don't know if you remember, they had like these options at the end, you had like the core courses, and then you had these units at the end that were like analytical chemistry or biochemistry. I didn't like one of them. So I, I just studied on my own one of them in the book. And I was like, oh, drugs, cool. Um, so <laughs> I, I learned about that and that was great. I got a seven in chemistry, which was great. Um, and then um, that's one of the choices for my application. And then there was biomedical science at Western, which I had no idea how competitive biomed in general is to get in. I think I was off by like, maybe like a, a decimal point to get in. I was like, wow. Oh, so, I mean, it is what it is, but I, um, I'm glad I ended up in engineering because of co-op and, you know, making, making some moolah to <laughs> pay for school with any co-op program is, is wonderful. I think in that sense and just to get experience, but yeah. And, and was it through one of those uh, co-op terms that led you to pivot to the sort of civil uh, transportation Path? Yeah, yeah. I um I, I think I I knew I always wanted to do transportation um, as a potential career or something to be involved in, in the future. And that was why I had picked civil as one of the three potential um engineering disciplines uh, mm-hmm. when I applied to Waterloo. Uh, and I was still able to actually take some transportation courses in my geological degree um, because it fell under this whole umbrella of civil engineering anyway. It was all part of the civil engineering department. So there are three, pro- four programs now, actually. The civil engineering program, the environmental engineering program, geological, and the architectural engineering. All of them fall under this department umbrella of civil. So we were, I was able to take transportation courses and take on transportation co-ops um, to, uh, to, well, to complete my degree. Um, and I'm thankful for that because, um, I, I mean, if you were, I think if you're stuck doing certain things for co-op um, and you, it had to be within your discipline, a lot of students would not get jobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of you know, mishmash. And I know one of my um, classmates, he actually ended up working at Bacardi for one of his co-ops, which nice. is really interesting. But um, cool. anyways, that's, uh, that's, that's the co-op game. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you do co-op when you were at school? Or? Uh, no, I was just a regular guy. Um, <laughs> just a regular. Yeah. I, oh, don't do that. <laughs> I, I didn't, of the programs that I applied to, um, I didn't actually get accepted into any of them. So they gave mm. me an alternate uh, offer into honors mathematics. Oh yeah. Uh, just like a regular stream. And I, I had heard stories about um, like PD from my sister. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do that. Like I'll, I'll work a summer job if I have to or something like it. Like I, I didn't have as high a value on co-op mm. as I maybe should have. Cause I didn't really like, it, my thoughts on it were just like very surface level. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just, I just didn't bother to like switch into cop at mm. all. I think but I've heard overall that positive things. I, I would say, yeah, I, 
there the online community which um propagates a lot of the co-op reputations um i.e reddit i think they, they i don't know certain programs really blow things out of proportion i think at the end of the day um regardless of whether it's co-op or an internship or whatever kind of summer job you're getting as long as you're getting some sort of experience while you're um in university or even not necessarily in university just some sort of experience a lot of people graduate university without any um and i think that's very i personally i think that's kind of concerning because you know it's 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 that opportunity to really gain those skills so that you are um able to get your foot in the door right and Mm -hmm. you know it's um it is what it is, I guess. If if um, if you if you don't get to work or you have don't have the opportunity or have the means to, um, but if you can, it's great, right? So yeah. But I at the end of the day, you have a degree, so I think that's oh, yeah. you know <laughs> that's that's the important thing, um, in my opinion, right? And education is something that people can never take away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming you didn't plagiarize or anything, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I didn't plagiarize, but I, I will say that I wasn't like. I wasn't like fully into my program for the sake of like my own interest in the program. It was more Mm. so. uh, So like I said, I got in for math Yeah. around second year. I started to like have uh, struggles academically. Mm. I just like wasn't grasping concepts as well as I had in previous years. Cause you know, uh, being the kind of guy that I am, I was like crushing math all the way up until grade 12. And then, you know, when that first year came around, I still did a pretty decent job. Um, but then like concepts started to get a bit more abstract and like my, my mind just couldn't wrap itself around. Mm. And I didn't have like good study habits. Cause at that point I didn't like need to have good study habits. Cause I was just like yeah. getting by on a sort of like instinctual processing of the, of the material. Yeah. Um, I feel that. I feel that really hard. (laughs) So then I got absolutely punished when, you know, I wasn't getting things right away. And then I didn't know how to like teach my brain how to, how to learn things properly. Yeah. Um, So my grades like just went off the cliff for a bit. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to just step back from this. Um, So I took like an academic leave for about, a year, year and a half, something like that. And, you know, during that time, being from an Asian family, people are just like, so when are you going to finish your degree? I would just smile smile and nod because I I didn't have an answer for them. Uh, No. Because, you know, for that time, I had no interest in really going back to school. Yeah. Um, So in order to stop that question from being asked, I just kind of took stock of what I had credits-wise and figured out, what the fastest path to getting a degree would have been <laughs> um, in, in the sort of least painful way. And the economics courses that I took as electives were overall like tolerable. Um, <laughs> it, it is a social science of how people make decisions. So like I can, I can, I can do that. Um, <laughs> my, my brain didn't have any, any major issues in understanding what was going on for the most part. Mm. Um so yeah, so I wound up graduating with a with a BA in economics with a Great. minor in math and a specialty in uh, finance. Nice, nice. And you're in insurance now, right? I yep. If, if Currently I, if working I as an examiner. Uh, right. Technically speaking, did not need the degree for it, but you know what? Um, it's fine. <laughs> 
again, something that people will never take away. Those two extra letters at the end of your name, no one will ever be able to take, you know, mm-hmm. away from you. So it's, I think it's, it's still valuable and, you know, it's, it's definitely an experience. I, um, I, I, I think I'm in a weird boat when it comes to how my parents treated me throughout school. Cause I, I didn't come from a very strict family, mm. academically speaking. My mom was always the one driving, like, um, in the sense that she was like, okay, I want you to do well. Um, but I was never like forced or punished to do anything. And I think, you know, I hear the stories of how a lot of um, um, Asian families can be really strict and, um, and the, the whole like, not losing face and stuff like that. And when you're compared, like they're comparing children against one another and things yeah. like that. Like, I don't know, maybe it's, so I'm, I'm, my parents are from Laos and maybe we're just more chill about this. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. My, like it's, it's, it's just, uh, I, I felt really fortunate in that sense. So I felt free enough. And I knew if I had troubles, which I did first year was rough for me. I, I think, you know, you come off gliding from that, high school you're like oh this is easy it's like i don't even have to study for this it's well, yeah, like i already like know I all this stuff. Like, I yeah right yeah and then you come into the university you're like i don't need to do this i didn't even read the syllabus for one of my courses i didn't realize you had to submit assignments to get like marks <laughs> it's like what an idiot um and so i failed like physics and first year engineering oh, wow. because i just didn't care um but i think at that time you know it was one year between finishing grade 12 um, and starting university as well. And I think not having, you know, coming off that high of grade 12, I, I wouldn't say fifth year was like amazing. Um, it was great, but you know, grade 12 for me was, you know, a high point for me. I hate to say that I peaked in high school, but yeah, I think that's really the case. Um, and you know what, whatever, so be it. Um, but uh, I really came crashing hard in first year and it took a long time to rebuild um, and I, I I would say I'm I'm really fortunate um, that I wasn't you know forced into doing anything. I did get the question though is like when you're finishing your degree, I'm like mm, sometime <laughs> <laughs> I will I will just you know down the road. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, it's interesting to hear how different um, families have those different you know just communication. Um, mm-hmm. um, quirks i guess if that's the way or habits maybe it's a better way of describing it so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's weird because like i think part of it is just like the sort of uh like my own neuroses because i i think for the most part my parents were also pretty chill about like my academics they were just mm-hmm. like you know in the same boat of i i just want you to do well and as long as you try your hardest and then that's all that they really cared about mm-hmm. um but then me, myself internally being like mildly competitive and having an older sibling who, oh, yeah. you know, went to the same university. I'm just like, okay, I can, I can, I can do at least as well as my sister and like diff, completely different programs. So like it's apples and oranges at that point. Um, but like she did co-op. She, she, she didn't seem to really have much of the way of struggles, had like a nice support group just like grinded it out and like got her degree. I'm just like, okay, it shouldn't be too bad then. And then I, th- and then I think the the sort of seed of the, the academic neurosis was just like when I didn't get into any of the programs I applied to, mm. I was like, okay, that's unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that first rejection letter from Western. Yeah. 
screw you western um <laughs> that was my thought the entire time I, I i'll use a different i would have used a different word but uh, <laughs> oh, it, no it's, it's just a, it's like it's a classic walk western situation oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah but i think you know there's okay if if there was a big change from high school to now if we're going back to that initial question True. i think i've become a lot more humble and understanding of others when it comes to um just getting somewhere um, in life, right? Like if, you know, if, if you're, if, if someone's having a struggle in first year, I get it now. It's like, you know, you come, even coming into grade nine, I would say in high school, you, you're like, oh, I got into the IB program. I am so much better than these folks who are not in the IB program. And it's like, I, everything got knocked off your high horse afterwards. I, I feel like in grade 12, I started to become a lot more aware of that when people were like crying because of failing their first test. I was, re- I remember his calculus. Oh, yeah. I remember this specifically. Oh, this is juicy. Eh, not really. Um, but I was like, there we had this Facebook group um, and people were complaining about like failing the limits test, like limits is the first unit in mm. grade 12 calculus. And I said, guys, calm down. It's not that bad. Like we're going <laughs> to be fine. And someone deleted my comment like it's like they want to wallow in their sorrows the entire time like are you kidding me guys calm the f down like oh you have time to learn i know and do it it's just you know there's i think i know high school is a time of you know there teen angst and emotion yes yes and you want to you want to be dramatic about everything i'm like guys really like i don't know It, it just seemed really um it it just so extra. It was so extra. <laughs> and I'm not saying I didn't participate in certain things like that. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I gotta get, you know, a seven in this, I gotta get seven, whatever. Um, but I think, you know, having then faced so much of those difficulties throughout university because i <laughs> up, up until even for, uh, fourth year i was still getting like 60s in some courses so it's just you know it's like oh whatever i passed um <clears throat> so you get degrees it's about, it's about goal setting <laughs> yeah right i think you know that made me be a lot more aware and compassionate um towards um you know folks that are making an effort i think the effort part is the important thing um you know and you know on the flip side becoming a ta you see, so I was a TA throughout my master's in certain courses and stuff like that. And, you know, I, you want students to do well um, and you want, or at least I want to make sure that, you know, I can help them get there. Um, and you, I, if I, I feel like I would be a worse TA if I had just sailed through university really easily. I guess what I'm saying is like university was a struggle in a lot of academic parts and other parts too. And I am thankful for that because I am a lot more, um, open-minded um, when it comes to understanding others. So I don't know. I guess that's what open-minded means, but I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's like one of the more important parts about like just growth and development as people where, mm. you know, as long as you like survive failure. Yeah. Like you're, you, you, you come out of it, you come out of it better. Mm-hmm. Um. And there, end of thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there. I I do recognize there. It's diff. It's not everybody can. And mental health. You know, at universe at the University of Waterloo, that's always been like a. Oh, for sure. I don't want to say a touchy subject because it's not even touchy. It's just like. True. It, it 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 is a an issue, right? And um, I I definitely it was third year three B. I was having a lot of mental health struggles, and you know, I was visiting the psychologist and and counselor and stuff like that, and um. I, 
somehow I was able to, um, you know, grow out of <clears throat> and work out of what I was um, experiencing. But I know, you know, for so many people, that's not the case. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's saddening and maddening really um, for a lot of students there. And especially now, I mean, if that was <clears throat> when we were in live like classes and stuff like that, now we're in the case where s- students are who knows where and trying to get their degree um, and working through that. I know my brother's, <clears throat> my brother's in university right now. He's in the um, Enviro Eng program. And I mean, he's studying, studying like a madman, trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, pass this term and, and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, it's, it, I would hate to go to university like this um, personally. And I know it's not anybody's first choice. Um, for some people, it's reality. It, it, it was like that before the pandemic, but um, you know, it's, it's just tough. It's, it's really hard. Um, I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no arguments here. No. Um, yeah, like when I was in math, I like didn't really connect with pretty much anybody in my classes because of like partially because of class size and just how many people there were. Mm. And just like uh when I was in lecture, I was still like focusing on just like what was happening, um, and like what was being said. Mm. And then I would go home and I would play video games. And I think like in that sort of era between like the 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 struggles academically and just like the sort of self-imposed social isolation i think which didn't help anything like my mental health also took a bit of a dive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i didn't need to win my class until second year so like oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't i just didn't talk to people i felt very like insular so yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I, was, I, I was like very envious of like the friends that i had who were in like the same program as other friends that i had I'm just like okay you have like a buddy, like there's a clear buddy system that can, that can be implemented here. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm a very introverted person. Like I, I, so I, part of my visit to the psychologist revealed that I had like really bad social anxiety, like really, really, really um, up in the, what's that thing? The bell curve that I sw- I was a stats kid too. This is really concerning. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, it, I was uh, up there. Um, and I re- that made sense to me because I was like, it's always hard for me to like go out and meet new people. And I have, to, I feel very uncomfortable. And I put on a very, like, I don't know if tough is the word because I'm not the toughest guy ever. <laughs> um, it, it was more just kind of like a, a cold, I put on a very cold face, cold front um, when I'm around in si- or in situations. Yeah, people I don't know, right? Um, but as soon as I ease into it, it's it's fine. Then I come out and like, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's what you were going through or, or what, um, you know, how, how that worked out, but you know, did yeah, you end up, yeah, I, 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 I can't quite like, re- I'm not sure if I quite like remember the path I took to like getting at least a little bit better. Yeah. Um, at least better enough to go back and finish my degree. Mm. I think part of it was just like sort of confidence. Um, mm where like, you know, the subject material in econ was different from the subject material in math. And I felt like, you know, I felt like I was able to know more and then that would translate into uh, confidence, which would translate into like sort of uh, a better sense of self, Mm. um, which is a a wonderful thing to to have. Any confidence is wonderful to have. (laughs) Like, like, I, I think the times when I'm most nervous is just like when I don't know, either 
what's happening around me or what is about to happen. Mm. And I, and you know, that, that is essentially what anxiety is, you know, it's a worry oh, about totally. like, something that's about to happen. Um, and it could be totally insignificant too. Mm-hmm. And like, it's still it, like comes down to your core and you're like, oh. like, Oh no, that's a feeling I get personally, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Routing back to something that uh, was mentioned earlier, you know, mm. you you said you were very heavily involved with the music department at our old high school, yeah, and and have basically continued to do that. Uh, in what in what capacity is it that you that you assist around there? Um, so I haven't uh, obviously since the pandemic, I haven't really um, been back, uh, but I was a choir conductor um, for some of the extracurricular music groups for well the choirs I should say, mm-hmm. um, so. Uh, in the first few years when I came back, I was asked to lead um, a male voice choir, which is really exciting, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and later I got to come back um, and contribute as the chamber choir director. So at Cameron um, for the past, I want to say like 10 years um, or for a long time, there was always the main choir, which is like a non-audition group. And then mm-hmm. the chamber choir, which is a smaller, more audition group. So I had the opportunity to work um, with those students and um, perform with them at different concerts. And sometimes we would also go off site and go to different venues or locations or events to perform, which is always exciting. Um, and it's more, you know, easy, more feasible because you have fewer students to transport and um, move around. And I mean, it was, it was a blast. It, I, I loved it. Cause it's like having my, having my own choir for free, except <laughs> I put the time in, right. Yeah. I have to get up at 6am in the morning to get there, but like, I, I derived a lot of joy um, from, you know, connecting and working with these students and of course making some really fun um, music together. So, yeah. Delightful. How long has choir been a part of your life? Like, were you doing it pre Ooh. high school even? Yeah. I, um, so I've always loved singing. I think um, as a kid, my dad, I still remember this actually. So we used to live in a little apartment on Brybeck um, when, and even before that, it was a different house, but I don't remember that. Uh, and we would take like video cassette tapes, uh, VHS tapes mm-hmm. of like karaoke, Thai karaoke. Um, and I would listen to them over and over and over again because that was just music for me. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. But the first time I ever actually got to sing in a group setting was in grade one. Um, and, you know, it's part of the Christmas play or the Christmas spectacle concert, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And we're singing together. And I just loved it. Right. And I think ever since then in grade school, I had the opportunity to, you know, anytime there was a thing to do where I was singing, um, you know, hey, singing being goes up. Yeah. Like it was like, yeah, pull me in. Right. And um, I think, yeah, I don't think there was a year in school where I wasn't doing some sort of singing activity, maybe grade two. Nah, who, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a lot of years of school to think about, but um, no, yeah. You know, we had karaoke and singing in the home. And of course I was looking for an outlet to do that um, as well. And that was what it translated into. Gotcha. Mm. Um. Uh, on the UW side of things, uh, I assume you were doing uh, some amount of choirs there. Yeah, yeah. The um, it's funny because the only extracurricular I did throughout all of university was the university choir, like the main University of Waterloo choir. Um, and I was involved in that. I think every term of school, even co-op terms, where I was like living in the area, but I wasn't 
at UW, I was still involved in the choir. Um, and even on terms where I was away, I found some way of not maybe participating in the choir, but like contributing in some way. <laughs> I had a, I had a really good connection with um, the conductor, Gerard Young. Um, and so, you know, that was a great um, opportunity for me to also conduct there. So I had some experience working with a lot of the singers at um, the University of Waterloo. Um, and that was so much fun, just so much fun. And it just so happened that um, the last term that um, Dr. Yun was conducting was also my um, last term of my undergrad. So it, it worked out pretty well. You know, I had the same conductor for four, <laughs> four years of schooling plus, you know, whatever years of, uh, of co-op and stuff. So yeah, it was wow. great. Yeah. Yeah. Long times, long times. Uh, quick tension off of this choirs yeah. versus acapella groups. I was never involved in the acapella groups. I, so it's funny. Cause I, when I was looking back at, um, some of your, um, previous, um, episodes i i saw alex alex meinzinger um mm-hmm. and she she pulled me into um some um one choir when i was in high school outside of um cameron and um and we've we've known each other since well since i was in grade nine um mm-hmm. so uh, it was nice seeing a familiar face on the on the on the <laughs> podcast um but um I never was involved really in the acapella groups. I, I admire their talent, um, but I think their rehearsal schedules never lined up with when I had courses because geological engineers got shafted when it came <laughs> to course scheduling. I was like, ah, yeah, oh, this is never going to work out. Like, um, like how, how do we inconvenience the fewest amount of people? Oh, this is like the smallest program. We'll yeah. just give them just give them the worst possible. Really, talent. really. Well, and I mean, the, the difficulty was um, geological is split split a lot of the courses are taken within the engineering department but also within the earth sciences department in the science faculty Mm -hmm. and so you have this you need to have this cross coordination and we were unfortunate in the sense that our year our cohort did not get a lot of that coordination (laughs) so we're like oh we're why do we have a course here and then you know like it just it made no sense for a lot of years um and also I just didn't have the time. I think I was really comfortable with doing the, you know, to the traditional choir thing. And I liked what we were doing uh, and being engaged in. Um, and I attended some of the acapella concerts. They're such, they're fantastic groups at Waterloo. I, like it's, 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 I mean, I never was part of it, but it's like nice to say like, oh, we, we had some of the best acapella groups in the country or something like that, you know, like we are the biggest, most acapella groups or whatever the, uh, the stats were um, for Waterloo. Um so no, I wasn't involved in, in acapella. That was a really long answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. I was mostly hoping to get like some kind of uh, like music nerd war between choirs and acapella oh, groups. Oh, no. But it's no. fine. You I, have nothing but positive things to say about the acapella groups, and that is no, A-OK. I am not here to shit on groups. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's the thing. It's like, you know, university is a tough time. Like, if you find something that you're passionate about and you want to participate in, you do it. And if that brings you joy, I'm not going to, who, who am I to stop someone from having joy in their life, in the shitty time Damn. in their lives? <laughs> like, you know, so um, I think there, 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 there are, they are different things. They are music. Um obviously but <laughs> um, but you know they they um i i think i i really enjoyed um i was just used to what the you know kind of traditional choir format um was and now you know i not to not step out of my boundaries but you know if the the opportunity was there i just didn't take it so mm-hmm. is what it is um yeah uh so a an important part about i guess uh 
leading a choir is you know figuring out what songs you're you're gonna do uh, mm. like what goes into song selection for a choir mm. um i've had to think a lot about this um in recent years even though i haven't been do- dealing with choirs much um previously and i this is definitely my ego talking but i was like okay this is a fun song and um you know, if, if a song was something that I thought, if it was a crowd pleaser, I guess, um, I would try to program it if I thought it was, um, cap- if a choir was capable of doing it. Um, and this is speaking if I were running a group um, and stuff. But oftentimes, um, I think, depending on the purpose of the group, and by purpose, you know, is it an academic group that needs to meet certain requirements? Or is it... Um, is it just an extracurricular and you can do whatever you want? Is it for a spring concert, a winter concert, depending on, you know, whatever you're dealing with, um, that's going to provide inspiration for um, and direction for what you're going to choose. And also knowing what your choir is capable of um, because you wouldn't pick certain things that are, you know, very, very complex and difficult Mm -hmm. for a group that's a beginner group um and i also tried to pick songs going back to my first point that i liked i I think that's like at the end of the day like you know one wants to be doing um you want to be singing and learning stuff that they um that they aren't going to enjoy and i i and it's it's um it's difficult to say what makes each song enjoyable. There might be a different aspect of various songs that everyone, I hope people are drawn to or that I'm drawn to. Um, and I hope that translates to the people singing it. Um, but it also all has to work cohesively as a unit. And by work cohesively, I mean, if you have a, say a set of three songs that you want to do, are they going to work together? Are they going to be too similar? Are they going to be very different from each other? Are they going, is one going to have one like contrasting message to another? Um, is it just going to be like, where did that come from? Um, is the audience going to fall asleep to this? There's a lot of things I think that go um, on, go into making this, um, into picking um, choir music. And I'm, I mean, I'm by no means like an expert in this. I don't have a music degree. I do it for fun. I do it for, um, um, because it brings me, me joy. And I am not the most technical conductor in the slightest. <laughs> um, but um See, I feel like if any music people are clicking on this or choir people are going to click on this, you're like, this guy's such an asshole. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. But like, I don't know. There's, I, I think also being like an Asian conductor, like a non-white conductor, um, because a lot of, you know, our Western music education is, you know, it's, it's, well, it's led by white educators. Um, I think I try to bring a more um, multicultural perspective. And it's funny because, Again, going back to my first, I keep saying that, um, my point about having to think about picking music over the past couple of years. One thing here, I think, in a lot of Western um, choirs and groups has just been kind of the willy-nilly um, picking a song that is not a Western choir song, say, from a different culture, is what I'm saying, um, for the sake of having a song from a different culture, as opposed to actually picking it and trying to extract or respect the traditions and meaning behind what that song is. So um, it's kind of like, it's this, it's, it's kind of like a cop out or the token African song, the choir performance. It's like, Oh, we have all this like classical traditional choir music. And then we have a, an African song at the end or somewhere in the middle to break things up. I'm like, I had to, I've had to really think about that 
in recent years, of course, because of um, the whole um, Black Lives Matter uh, movement, be uh, BIPOC um, uh, racism going on, um, not going on, but you know, that's, um, that's oh, really come yeah. to light, um, which I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but, um, <laughs> it's not come to light. It's that I've become more aware of oh, and yeah. educated on, um, in recent, um, in recent times. So that's become something I haven't had the chance to incorporate into how I pick choir music yet. Um, not knowing when I'm going to have another opportunity to work in a choir setting is um, means I don't have to think about it too, too, too strongly, but it's still something I do think about, um, you know, just thinking down the road, whatever might happen um, with that. And I think we should all, um, any educator, anybody, anybody leading a group um, it's, it's such a valuable lesson, right. To be, um, to think much more about where your music is coming from and what your purpose is in doing it as opposed to just picking because for you the like sake it. Of picking it. Yeah. yeah. For the sake of picking it. Exactly. Right. So um, I'm sorry if I, <laughs> I don't know oh, who I'm is... apologizing to, but like um, uh, you are, it sounds ignorant, but <laughs> uh, this is, this is all above board. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying is, is I guess my, my, my point, but um I'm still learning. We're we're all learning. So yeah, that was a very long answer to how you pick <laughs> choir music. But. Um, so 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 you mentioned you know picking songs that because they are fun. Uh, what in particular are like the sort of uh, elements of a song that that mm. makes it stand out to you? Lots of songs make it stand out to me. Um, right now, in my tastes, if if you will, I really like either really ooey gooey rich chords. And things like you're like, oh, that harmony just—it's something you can really sink into. That you can really like melt into. That just is so luscious and um, is is just really f- nice to sing. Or I like something that's a little more upbeat, has some sort of rhythm to it. And one thing that's been really—I've noticed as a more um, increasing trend has been the incorporation of movement. So you know when I you know maybe maybe this might be your thought too, um, and you notice with between the difference between a lot of acapella and choir is that there's a lot more movement and choreography involved in acapella mm-hmm. um, performances, right? And choirs uh, in the Western world have recently begin to begun to I think incorporate that more in their programming in in their song choices. So you know not just strictly stay standing still and seeing mute, nice music, but stuff that you can uh, move to, that there are movements to, that there are actions to, or that you can tell a story somehow through how you stage it. Um, or um, even just something that gets the choir, even just bopping along or, um, that, um, you know, if, if, if it's a song that you think you'll want to sing and enjoy, or that I want to enjoy <clears throat> my, my, thought is that it's probably going to be something the audience will enjoy um, and want to listen to too so that's that's kind of the um a perspective thing so that's the element for me um there just coming some sort of nice harmonies or just something upbeat and um fun i it's a really hard way to say <laughs> thing to describe there, but there, there's just some uh, like je ne sais quoi about yeah it that just that just speaks it just reaches out to you and enraptures you totally totally and that's different for everybody right like everyone's gonna have different preferences everyone's gonna think this is a garbage piece this is a great piece i have those opinions too i'm but i mean i think anybody who's involved in um in any sort of um evaluation process um like that like you're gonna have your opinions and 
you, maybe it's a bit snobbish, but it's <laughs> if it's my choir at the end of the day, I'm picking this, you know? So, yeah. And I, I have made wrong choices before and I recognize that. And sometimes you have to, you have to pivot. You have to like, Oh, this is not going to work. We're, we're, we're nixing this. Um, and that's fine because that's a lesson learned. Um, so <laughs> what, what was the scenario that stood out to you as like uh, a, a sort of wrong choice? And what I, made it that that made it feel made you feel that way. A little off. Um, I think when you get let's you know, so a typical choir rehearsal schedule would be something like a few rehearsals or one rehearsal a week up to a certain point for say 10, 12, 13, whatever number of weeks until the concert. And if you can if you're like by a certain point the choir isn't getting it or you're not feeling it or you're sensing that there's discomfort or just some it, it's not clicking with a group you kind of have to make an i think you have to make an executive decision i think it's it's i've made a decision previous to that to just trudge forward and it doesn't always end up in a great performance <laughs> um and you know one thing i've learned is you need to be able to figure out those situations and not put the people you are working with in a position that they have to um, make up for your bad choice, if that makes sense. Um, it's it's like I like you're gonna do it because I say it. No, mm-hmm. it's it. I I I don't want to put people in that position, and I because I have before, and I feel really guilty afterwards. And that's you know, as a young conductor, you learn not to do that. Um, eventually, I hope. <laughs> I hope you know some there's certain situations depending because I'm it's all amateur it's all extracurricular right I, I don't know what professional settings are like but um yeah yeah I've I've been in a sort of similar boat lately um mm-hmm. so I am the I am the guild master slash raid leader of a World of Warcraft guild oh wow is in the same vein of organizing a choir I suppose um you know you 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 set out uh, a a sort of plan of action. Um, people have certain roles that they that they need to take on, mm-hmm. and in the la- in the current level of content, um, I've made like a lot of sort of boneheaded decisions that put undue pressure on certain people. Pressure, and yeah. you know, we we wind up uh, struggling longer than we have to. Mm. Um, when, whereas if I had just made like a different decision, you know, a couple of weeks back, instead of just like committing to what we have or what we had going on, um, things would be a lot less tense in the, in the atmosphere right now. No. This is a really weird analogy, but I think too, when I'm like packing for a trip and I overpack and then, you know, you, they say like, um, one tip is like you pack something or you, or you, you pack your bags, you sleep on it. Um, not literally on it, but like you take like overnight, you look at it and you try to cut it by half and think about what you don't need. Um, and, or like when you make, I don't know, when you're making something and you take something off and you're like, oh, it should be there. But then at the end of the day, you realize that like you don't, you never notice that it wasn't there or people aren't going to notice that it wasn't there sort of. Um, it's, I think it's, it's, because we know what we had planned. We know what we are hoping for. We know what we were intending. And if it's not going the right way, you know, it's, it, we're the only ones who would actually know that at the end of the day, if we're presenting this to other people. Right. So it's like, if I'm, if I'm presenting say like five songs or something like that, and I cut one of them, no one's in the audience is going to know that I cut one of the songs. Like if, (laughs) like, 
they, who cares? It's, it's, um, all, right? it's like it was like you had programs right now. It's just like, okay, yeah. where was this one? Yeah, yeah. And and if you're at that point, well, then like, oh. <laughs> but I think it's it, it's the internal, I don't know if angst is the right word, but like the internal con- conflict, I guess, between like, um, you know what was supposed to happen versus what the reality is and what people actually care about. Right. It's like so. it's like a sort of adjacent to perfectionism, like like yeah. you had a vision and then it didn't go quite as planned. Yeah. But you know, you 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 had a something in your mind that, you know, on paper should work. Yes. But yes. it wasn't like practical. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, I think I've I've had to tone it down a lot for myself and be like, okay, this is realistic. This is realistic this is not, you know, so, um, and I'm sure being, I don't, I've never actually played world of Warcraft. So. <laughs> not a lot of people I know have. So you're, you're, you're in fine. Company. I, okay. So here's the, I am not a gamer mm-hmm. by any means. Um, I love Pokemon, but I haven't oh, even yeah. played, I haven't even played sun and moon or, or anything like past that yet. Like I played X and Y last year <laughs> for the first time. I'm, I'm a, you're, you're, you're not a dedicated fan, but you appreciate the game. I love, I, I still enjoy it, right? Like if I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not into like super violent gaming um, or anything that has, you know, gore or anything like that. I prefer like, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like family friendly. Like I <laughs> just like a nice wholesome game. Like wholesome. A, that's right. Yeah. yeah. A, a game that'll be rated E for everybody. There we go. There we go. And you know, if it's E10, that's raunchy. That's, that's, <laughs> that's whoa. whoa. Um, yeah. Too spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I haven't played much of that. But I, I got a gaming computer at the end of my master's. I was like, okay, gang civ. Um, nice. So I've been, I've been slowly playing through games of that. I'm terrible at it, but it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's fun. You know, being a ruler, it's very, very um, empowering. It is. It is. But if you feel like do I want to take over Rome? Like, you know, like you're like, I feel guilty. And then you're like, nah, I should just be tyrannical or, or something like that. So um, it's just like uh, a sort of glimpse into a future where it's like, what if I had the nuclear codes? Like, what would this even be? Oh my like? gosh. <laughs> right. Like, um, and I know there's like all these, there's, so I, I've only started playing. I only have Civ, I have Civ five and six. I haven't played six yet, but I have, there's something of, I'm, this is revealing how like naive or just like uneducated I am about like memes in general and stuff like that, or internet culture. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole like Gandhi nukes everybody thing. Like I I don't yes. know. So basically, is um, that... okay. So if I if I recall my lore correctly, in in the early Civ games, um, basically the, the mechanics that dealt with you know your your relationship to other people, uh, you know being a computer program would just like change the value of something, uh. By, by some set number. Mm. Now, I think it was like Gandhi had a zero for some stat, but you know, when you interacted with him unfavorably, it would basically bring it to like uh, a negative number. Or no, sorry, it would have like negative 255 because that was like the, the sort of limitation of the, right. inter- of the variable type. Um, so when it brought, it would go to like a threshold below 255, which it like caused the game to just kind of like panic and thus, uh, Gandhi would, you know, be the Gandhi that Western culture generally sees as like a peaceful guy, peaceful protesting guy, into absolute warmonger, Mahatma Gandhi. Oh my gosh! 
And that's where the nukes start coming in. That is where the nukes start coming in. Ah, okay. Thank you for educating. I see. I don't. I don't. I don't have the willpower or the energy to like Google some of these things, even though it's it's, it's typing things into a search bar. But like, I wouldn't have known. I, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> there's a lot to that there, game. I still want to. I, I feel like there isn't a lot that I do know. <clears throat> But I do know something like that, and I'm more than happy to, to share that kind of knowledge. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. The um, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, the the I feel like the most gaming I really did, even throughout university, was like I would download ROMs on my phone of old Pokemon. Games. Yeah. Okay, third, second, second year. It was exam time. I downloaded Pokemon Emerald. What was I thinking? <laughs> Like I wanted to make it to the Battle Frontier and do all these sorts of things. I don't know how, how much of a Pokemon head you are, um, but like Emerald I, was, I believe, I think the last Pokemon game that I played. Last one you played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, but now they're coming up with new ones, and I don't even have a Switch, so I don't know. I, I it is a good system. I have one. I haven't actually played it because I'm no. I'm just like so much more of a PC gamer and mm, things mm. like. Okay, what are your favorite PC games then? Just as somebody who's like not well versed at all, I'm um, I'm, just, I'm so curious. So like, my sort of uh, like player, I guess behaviors skew towards um, <laughs> multiplayer co-op experiences. Oh, okay. Um, so like a game like uh, like Dark Souls is it's not for me. Um, I don't even like Zelda is is not something that like I I'm particularly interested in, but like you oh. know. As I've said before, World of Warcraft. Big fan of that game. I've been playing it since launch, essentially. And that's like 15 years ago at this point, Whoa. if not more. Um, even something like uh, the the MOBAs, like League of Legends, Dota, Smite, etc. Um, where you know you you queue up your you and then you're instantly in a team of like five other people. Now, is that because I enjoy working with others, or is it because I like having uh, a convenient outlet to blame if something goes unfavorably. I don't know at this point, but uh, uh, it, something about the format appeals to me. Mm. Um, I've recently started playing Sea of Thieves with a bunch of friends, where you are all uh, you you're basically playing the role of a pirate. Um, mm. It's it's very open ended, so uh, you just. Basically, you'll go, go from island to island plundering things and then mm. bringing it back to some person who will happily pay you for um, whatever non-gold doubloon good you <laughs> found. Um, and yeah, um, but as far as like something that you can absolutely just kind of jump into without needing to like worry about, you know, am I going to be good enough to work in this team or, you know, do I know other people who, who will join me in this? Um, Hades was a game that came out last year and aesthetically not something in your wheelhouse now that I think about now that I think a bit, a bit more about um, well, well, well it, it, it is because of what you said about like the sort of games that have appealed to you in the past because ah, okay. um, I think it's rated R there's a lot of like whoa uh, it, it's not like super gory but there is like you know, a lot of blood. Um, basically, you play mm. the son of um, the son of Hades, and you're just trying to uh, escape. Um, uh, yeah, escape, escape hell for a reason that I 
for spoiler warnings, I'm not going to say, but you know, you, you, you want to escape hell. It's, it sounds like you're following some Greek mythology yeah, uh, loosely kind of yes. along the way. Um, but it, it is a very fun game and, you know, it, uh, it, it is a roguelike game and basically a roguelike is any sort of game where, you know, you are looking at a run by run basis as opposed to like, here's like the full fledged game. Um, mm. So like failure is both accepted and encouraged as like sort of learning opportunities. Um, and then you get to like be powerful in different ways on, on subsequent runs uh, just so that, you know, the, it, it, like it, it always feels fresh. Mm. I'm also terrible at explaining things. So thank you for just, uh, <laughs> just being like understanding what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so like, I I don't know what it is about games where you can die freak me out. Ever since I was a kid, it's it's like that idea of maybe it's a fear of death. Um, but maybe. no, it, it I'm sure it is because I do. But uh, <laughs> I do have that. <laughs> but but from like a gaming perspective, like just the idea of like like slashers like or anything where you're like you're just shooting somebody to kill them or like slash like cutting their head off to kill like um that always got my heart beat like really high and made me really scared i guess so that's why i've never really been into like anything that involves shoot like halo even i'm like first off i can't even see the screen i I, I, where am i which one am i like (laughs) playing i can't i can't tell um but um yeah, that's that's why I'm I'm curious to know like what these other games are like because I because I think Civ would be the closest thing I would say I've ever played to anything like what you have described in any of these <laughs> things. And if that's the case, and you're like, whoa, this guy's not really well versed in this. I downloaded Assassin's Creed because of the discovery mode. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> which I haven't even gone through very much, but it's like fine. It's like oh, get on a horse and like mm. ride around Memphis or whatever. Um, but I haven't even played the game, um, like at, like through through the story of the game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot. I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot for me to explore, and I think I'm I'm ready to to open Pandora's box, if you will, <laughs> um, and dive into that world of of uh, slightly more violent, <laughs> slightly more violent <laughs> um, gaming, um, especially in a time where. <laughs> spending nine hours a day in front of the computer already doing work might as well you know find some sort of outlet besides mm-hmm. going for a killer run or anything like that um, afterwards so yeah uh i will say that in recent years and probably throughout the entirety of like gaming history um but there's been like there there, there is a fair share of just like a st- i don't feel like saying the word set again just like sort of beautiful environment exploration discovery type games Uh, where totally um like like something like journey where there isn't really like a fail condition in the game Mm. you just kind of go through it and just like take it in Mm. which i feel maybe something that appeals to you um and and, like that's the great thing about games that just like there's so much variety yeah that you know some that works for one person doesn't necessarily need to work for everyone yeah um have you ever have you considered like I don't know how much of your your game consumption would be used as like an escape tool, but like a, a like a Civ Edge Sim type game, so like Sim City or oh. even like a roller coaster tycoon. I 
here's the other yeah i so <laughs> i have those games <laughs> i haven't opened them yet i that, i that is that is another sort of common meme around pc gaming like, where... like you see like there's so many books on my shelf that i haven't opened too like there's that thing right you collect and 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 but you don't engage yeah and then um yeah it never it never gets enacted yeah like i i'm terrible with that um but it's not like i won't enjoy them i know i will um i have so i've totally i have city skylines i have sim city i just haven't opened them yet um (laughs) it's like every time i go to i'm eating dinner i'm like oh i want to watch something on netflix to like eat because i eat and watch at the same time (laughs) but i I end up finishing my food before i select something on netflix because i I'm, there's so much choice what do i pick i don't know mm-hmm. um and same thing with my books you know it's like oh i'm gonna read something i just but what i'm gonna i don't feel like this or um and then by the time that i do like sell on something i'm like well i gotta go to bed now like <laughs> like it's a classic case of analysis paralysis just everywhere oh, you look. completely completely um i i will say of of any particular games i like point and clicks adventure style point and clicks where you can it's like you're not gonna you don't have to the mechanics don't dictate if you're going to make it through the game or not you, if that makes sense you, right like the sort of execution is not on the player right on players like dexterity in their hands no. it's just like just the mental decision making yeah like puzzles and stuff like that like oh that's a that's a joy full disclosure <laughs> this, is, this is this is so embarrassing for me um but ever since i was a kid there's this game series um <laughs> called the nancy Drew game series i don't know if you ever heard of that so here's the thing in about an hour and a half um th- there's a guy who i follow on twitch mm. and he in the last like two or three weeks i started playing a bunch of nancy drew games <laughs> and it is it's freaking great to watch someone play a nancy drew game because if at any point they come to like a puzzle that they're just struggling on and you're just kind of like yelling at your screen because like you could see the answer but you are powerless to help them other than typing like a singular message in the chat just be like uh like 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 just say even just saying something simple where it's like match the colors <laughs> but it, it is like a i haven't actually played any myself um but like, yeah, like Nancy Drew is something that has recently come to my attention and it just looks like a great time. It's, it's interesting. I will say I, cause it was, I, I was very involved with those games um, when I was growing up. Cause that was like my first, that was actually one of my first computer games. They were originally designed as um, games for girls, like full, that that's exactly what the tagline was. And I think they were released at the end of the last century. And then they kind of grew into the series that, I mean, they've, they've evolved into more of a, just a general mm-hmm. um, like Detective adventure puzzle. point click. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, and I really enjoy them because they actually designed them also so that, um, very conservative households don't have issues with uh, the content, if that mm-hmm. makes sense of what I'm trying to say yep. <laughs> there. So like, say, you know, some people in the South, like in the very deep South of the States, you know, where it's very, you can't it, even here actually, but you know, you can't have, you know, mention of so-and-so or whatever and this and that mm-hmm. um, it's, it's very, very clean, very family friendly content. Um, um uh, and so I really enjoyed those games because I was like, I'm never going to like get you know slashed or anything like that in the game. Well, actually, but <laughs> so to speak. But I really enjoyed um, 
I and I still do uh, that series. And the other thing, it's like you know when you're comfortable with something and you revert back to it all the time. It's like I'll watch a friend's episodes over and over again, except now it's on Netflix, it's on Crave, and I don't have Crave. Um, who does? You know, I'll, I'll, who, <laughs> I did for Letterkenny, <laughs> but <laughs> just for Letterkenny. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the kind of thing. So I mean, like maybe after, maybe tonight, I'll you know have a couple beers, try to make my way through another Nancy Drew game or something, <laughs> or play. Maybe I'll play Civ with a buddy of mine. I don't know. I the the world's my family friendly oyster. So <laughs> I mean. That's, as opposed to the non-family-friendly oysters. Whoa. Um, yeah, the uh, I love oysters, though. Oh, so good. Anyways, that's an aside. But um, yeah, that's I. That's, um, that's my gaming. I'm, I'm not sure like, when in the sort of chronology of Nancy Drew, uh, the, the streamer I watch is, is dabbling into at this point. But like... In the in the games that I've been watching, like she straight up will die. Oh yeah, I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> I think in that sense though, it's it's like it makes sense mm-hmm. why because it's it's I, I think so. Um, like I mean, like, the whole... like there, there was a puzzle where, um, like the glass at a lighthouse broke, and the temperatures were like decreasing so oh, if you don't solve the puzzle, talking about you <laughs> yeah, if, if you don't solve the puzzle in time you just freeze to death i'm just like yep. that's metal as hell yeah nancy drew game yeah it's something that's pretty dark i will say um but i mean in that sense it's it's kind of like a lot it's like a consequence of your actions mm-hmm. as opposed to like um you didn't avoid the gun or you gotcha. were not in line of sight like it it it, it's logical, although it is like in hindsight or in, in you know in actuality, it's quite dark, right? Or mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's this one game where it's like you have to solve a puzzle, and if you don't, like literally, like a like a blade, like Edgar Allan Poe style, like comes down at you and like slashes you. I'm like, and I don't know. That was the one with the. I, I think he played that through, through or through that game too. Like is. Uh, like Thornton Hill or something like that, where there's like a ghost. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. Thor- ghost of Thornton. Yeah, the, that Very one. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, here's the thing. I think they're good games, actually. Oh, yeah, Maybe for, not them. Absolutely. You know, there's and and that inspires me to like, oh, if I ever, and I know how difficult video game development is. I know there's so many components. Actually, I don't know. I just recognize that there are a lot of components that go into making game. The art, the music, the direction, the program, all this sort of stuff. Um, but it's inspired me to be like, oh, this would be a cool plot for this or this or this. Because I think the plots and the educational aspect, ah, the educational aspect, um, is what really appeals to me about these games. And ever since I was a kid, I don't know if you ever played like Carmen Sandiego games, like mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you're chasing her around the world or you're chasing and her through like time. learning bits about geography yeah. and stuff. I'm an I'm a nerd. What can I say? Like I love learning. I always will. That's that's um I love I love educational games. I'll full stop. Full stop. That's uh, that I don't know what else to say. So that's uh, that's inspired me to try. I, I, I haven't tried making a video game. Oh gosh. <laughs> um that, that, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of I know it's a lot of work and it's it's I because you know you play a game that's kind of poor and you're a like i this is terrible or whatever you think but <laughs> you don't know how many hours they put into making that what it was um and how difficult it is to get to a certain level right and you know it's it's an 
I think it's uh, an underappreciated aspect of, <laughs> of, of it all. So um, yeah, I probably will never make a video game in my life, but you know, now that I've said it out loud, maybe it's something that I'll uh, counter in the years to come. So yes. I'll, I'll be sure to be on the lookout. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe start babe steps. Maybe we'll start by, um, or you can start by just like formulating an escape room. Same, same I, I, energy as so a Nancy those are so much fun. I love those games. I love Escape Room. I did one for my birthday a few, um, a good number of years back. Uh, like, but I haven't done it since. Of course. Nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Indignant. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was hard, but it was, it was really fun. Really fun. Yeah. I've done like three or four at this point, and I've failed like two or, two or three of them. And I just mm. like feel this sort of deep, <laughs> sadness when i wasn't able to succeed i'm just like mm. man there's some really i don't know like some of them have very obscure mechanics which is funny to say because it's like real world mechanics it's not like you know you have to like press button and this whatever this thing comes out of nowhere like they're most i don't know the what kinds that you've been you've played through but i i know some of the ones i've played through the, some of the ones the one i played through <laughs> the one um like i was like okay these are all like very physical mechanics these are things that you can't like it's, it's not like a, a video game where it's like it makes no sense it came out of nowhere <laughs> uh which helped in that kind of puzzle solving aspect i think um uh, before so. i went to before i went to bed last night i was watching like a video about uh not i, I was specifically targeting it but a video came up where it's like, uh, here's like 10 tips to solve like any escape room. Oh. And uh, the guy actually talked to uh, a professor that actually teaches at the Brantford Laurier campus. Oh, whoa. Um, because he apparently designed the sort of like Red Bull escape room, like championship tournament thing. I'm just like, that's very cool and very close by. I had no idea. Um, there was a championship like what? yeah like red bull does weird stuff with their money <laughs> um, they'll they'll launch okay. felix baumgartner out of a, out of a <laughs> yeah. pod in space and they'll yeah. do escape rooms competitively um but yeah just sort of like the the inherent puzzle solving nature that like of an escape room yeah um and just like looking at the 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 type of thinking that uh, it requires. Oh yeah. Um, and also just uh, the other aspect of escape rooms that appeal to me is just like, usually you're not there alone. You're there with like yeah. three or four other people. It's like, ah, uh, yes, this is, this is my, this is my wheelhouse for sure. Yeah. The it's cause you know, you have one person trying to, uns, you know, untie whatever thing and you know, it's multitasking. It's, uh, I don't know multitasking, but delegating is uh, is a key part of it. You know, knowing what someone has to do here and stuff like that, um, which makes me realize that might not be the kind of game for me. Ironically enough, because I I think about like a game like Among Us. I've never played Among Us. I've mm-hmm. I've watched YouTube videos on how to do it, and we ended up not playing it in my group. I'm like that that brings me anxiety. Like I have to like care about myself <laughs> and then like do this while other people like, what? Like, this is, this is no, oh, wow. no, Shoo. like that's no, I've never played it. And I don't know if I want to <laughs> <laughs> full disclosure. Um, that's very fair. <laughs> so no, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so Alan, just one structure question that I would like sure. to ask. 
Yeah. Um, as is to pretty much every guest since the second or third episode. Um, <laughs> if you were to host your own version of this show where you talk to someone you haven't spoken to in a while, Oof. Um, who th- does anybody come to mind? Does anybody come to mind? Yeah. Um, someone, someone that you would like to have on. Someone that I would like to have on. Um, I, uh, one of my fellow Nancy Drew game <laughs> fans, um, Sam Mercury. I don't know if you know her or of her, but she, um, she does some, uh, she's involved in some local uh, drama scene here in KW, but um, we both did the radio club at Cameron together. Um, and since then she's been involved um, her um and her so i they run a podcast together also called the chill spot um uh not not sponsored or anything i'm just i'm just saying <laughs> that um but i think it'd be really interesting to just chat with her about and see where life has taken her um and uh the stuff that she's involved in right now that's one of the people that i would really like to see um now that's from a facebook friend perspective or kind of like a um, colleague i haven't spoken to in a long time mm-hmm. um that was that was a right yeah. question right like okay it was i was like was it oh, someone from like history or something or, <laughs> <laughs> no. um but yeah that's i mean i think there's several um folks um i if i thought hard enough um i would say oh yeah that's definitely someone i'd want to reconnect with um so no now now that it's been spoken out into the out into the world yeah. <laughs> do you think you will take up any action on it i do want to reconnect um uh with uh with my colleagues um and i i don't know about recording a podcast full on about <laughs> it but i i think you know it's a lot has changed since high school as you have um as you have deducted from <laughs> for, from running so many episodes of this um i'm sure so yeah i think it, it's 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 nice to um connect in our case or, or reconnect, um, in others. And, you know, the world could always use a little more, um, connectiveness, connection, joy, whatever you want to call that. Um, let's, let's, let's make things wholesome. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Perfect. Be- wonderful answer. Um, did you have anything you want to ask me or anything that you want to talk about in be, like in coming on to the show today? I I had no real thought. I, I, so I, I will say, I was saying, okay, what is he going to ask me about? I was I was kind of freaking out, but like mm-hmm. even the shower was taken before this. So I was like, okay, I need to. Feel, what was my master's on? What, what what do I do as a job? Like what what do I like all this wall like shampoo in my hair, uh, which is obviously which is always like where your deepest thoughts come from, right? Oh, yeah. The you know, um, I <laughs> being in the shower is the most like intense moment because <laughs> there aren't a lot of times in my life where i'm naked and the shower is just like pretty much the only one so it's just like it, it is the most like bare bones human moment that it really is a, on a regular basis yeah the um it's um one of my favorite youtubers is community channel or natalie tran and her like she has her shower thoughts video uh thing and that's one that i always come back to i'm always like yep Yep, we're gonna, we're gonna the the answer to world peace shouldn't be at like a world congress. It should be everybody taking a shower and then like <laughs> like I don't know if converse, not necessarily together, but like <laughs> like individually. First off, Corona, but also you know just um just you know just thinking through that because I don't know what it is. It's is it like 
is it re is it simulating being in the womb with all that warm water all over us assuming it's a warm shower um is it just like a a, a fresh breath of reality when it's cold I, who, knows? who knows um but uh, yeah, that I in my my answer to your question is not really. That is perfectly <laughs> I'm just, fine. I'm happy to uh, to chat about anything and um, you know just to to, to connect and, and chat. So yeah. <laughs> well, Alan, it's been wonderful having you on. As as this is a podcast, I do like to give my guests a moment to promote anything that either they are doing or believe warrants people's attention. Mm. Um, so, did you have anything you would like to you would like to share at this time? Oof, I I did not come prepared with anything to um, plug, um, but I if I you know what I will say we've talked a lot about um, uh, choir and you know general arts organizations and a lot of them are really struggling in this time. So um, for anybody here who is listening and knows of some arts organizations or are passionate about making sure that. Um, these organizations remain afloat, uh, especially in a time like this where, you know, we can't have concerts. We can't, um, some fundraisers are very limited in what they can actually do. And um, with even further stay-at-home restrictions and whatnot, um, it's it's a tough time um, for the arts, especially. So um, if you can find some way of supporting an artist um, you like, whether it's in music or visuals or whatever it may be, contribute or do something, please provide awareness because we really need it here in the arts. Yeah. Perfect. Alan, thank you so much for sharing this afternoon with me. Thank you for having me. I wish you the best of luck uh, <laughs> as, as you enter, I guess, the third month of your, of your new job. It's exciting. Yeah, it really is. Literally, actually, no, actually the third month. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll do it for us all here today at uh, Hello, We Don't Talk With Suck. Uh, so whoever you Dear listener, whoever you are, wherever you are, whenever you are, uh, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.